Welcome to Velocity, the Vista Chamber podcast. I'm your host, Chamber CEO, Rachel Beld, and it is my privilege to interview the movers, shakers, and change makers impacting the Vista community and beyond. Today, I am joined by two amazing HR gurus. First, let me introduce Julie Wooten. Julie is the founder and chief executive officer of San Diego Human Resources Consulting. She has more than 20 years of experience in HR management, working with multiple industries such as startups, consulting, recruiting, technology, marketing and advertising agencies, education, telecommunications, service and entertainment and the kitchen sink. Julie has established and led HR departments at both large and emerging companies, specializing in startups and turnarounds for multi-unit locations. And she's been responsible for the HR aspects of mergers and acquisitions, reorganizations and company closures. Julie's led teams of HR professionals and developed them to full competency in the field. She holds a master's of science degree in HR management from Chapman University, and she has taught human resource management classes at Maricosta College. Her team tells us that she's not scared of anything except for maybe big spiders, but black widows. widows, Yes, they're bad. (laughs) Uh, But the point is, if Julie's in charge, your business uh, is in great hands. So welcome, Julie. Thank Thank you. you. Yes. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm also really excited to have Tracy Hagen with us today. Uh, Webster defines treasure trove as a valuable discovery resource or collection, which accurately describes human resources lead Tracy, who brings over 32 years of experience in employee relations, <laughs> conflict resolution, benefits administration, training and development, workers' comp, and staffing. Tracy holds a bachelor's in social work from Florida State University and a master's in HR management from the University of North Florida. Raised on Florida beaches, Tracy has traveled to cold and distant places such as Boston, New York, and Bangladesh. I want to hear more about that. Um, but now enjoys living in San Diego where she likes to find and try new eateries, enjoys outdoor yoga classes and admits sirens in the city beat the cold and snow any day and girl i hear you Mm -hmm. um restaurant server to hr director visiting professor to a volunteer for two years in bangladesh tracy's experiences encompass multi-organizational and cross-cultural issues which allow her to expertly charter the waters of complex problems and where she thrives by discovering and providing solutions for smoother sailing so there's no better HR guide than Tracy, SDHR's consulting treasure trove. Welcome, yes, Tracy. That's right. I need to hire your bio writer. That's awesome. <laughs> that's a good one. Mouthful. Fantastic. So, um, okay. So first of all, ladies, um, Julie, first, I want you to tell me about SDHR. What is your company? What do you do? Thank you. So I started the business going on 19 years, 19 years ago. And um, 19 years ago was me, myself, and I running the business, mm-hmm. doing HR, human resources, consulting, uh, recruiting for, for small startups, fast-growing companies. And after about six years, business was pouring in. I started to hire employees. And uh, Tracy, actually, is somebody that I've worked with years ago. And um, Tracy's been with our team for, gosh, four years now? Five years. Five years now. Yeah. Great. So started hiring lots of folks. And we're at 25 employees today nationwide. I have a team of recruiters and HR professionals that work with um, all kinds of companies here in San Diego, North County. We work with Vista Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. and uh, we are just, we're proud to have a great, just solid team of employees, professionals, and um, excited to be here today, too. Thank you. That's great. So, so Tracy, you've been with the team about five years, you said. So, mm-hmm. what what is it that led you to say, aha, 
HR is my passion. Was it something that clicked for you? Was there a specific incident that led you to realize that you were really passionate about human resources? Well, it happened back after I got my bachelor's in social work, which you mentioned. Um, I went out and realized that, um, you know, I needed some happy stories, happy endings, Mm -hmm. I guess is the best way to put it. Because in social work, you don't always have those happy endings. Mm -hmm. So um, I decided, how can I take my people passion and combine it with the business world? And that's when I went and got my master's in human resources. And I first started in recruiting, which was um, amazing because I could um, connect people with really good jobs. And um, that's how I met Julie when we were both recruiting and in the restaurant business. So um, and then, you know, I've I've always done it. You know, some people get an HR degree and they go off and do other crazy things. But Mm -hmm. um, I've always enjoyed it. Uh, I like working with people. I like problem solving and I like helping people find solutions and getting to that happy ending so yeah that's great you know it's so interesting that your background is in social work because there is so much in HR that's about I mean it's called human relations human resources because it's really about people and about Mm -hmm. how we connect with each other how we work together on teams and um, you know like you said kind of matchmaking when you're doing recruiting is really about matchmaking so Mm -hmm. I'm sure that that experience in social work really paid off and um, that is heavy work doing working in social work. So having yeah. happy endings in HR definitely makes yeah. sense. So that's that's a great connection. Um, Julie, what about you? So how did you? I mean, I know you have a, a, a diverse background in HR. So how did it start for you? Actually, I was in college and I was thinking about you know what major do I want to be, and I was struggling between business and there was a brand new major and it was human resources. And I said, you know, I really want to stick to human resources. And lo and behold, both my grandparents were in human resources in the military <laughs> personnel back in the day. Remember, that's yeah. what we used to be call called it. personnel. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So mm-hmm. I feel like it was in my blood. So mm-hmm. in college, mm-hmm. I wanted to be in human resources and was just learning what HR was. And really, I, again, it was in my blood. And after I graduated from college, I worked in the restaurant industry. And my first job was in the restaurant industry with Sammy's Pizza. Yeah. And also mm-hmm. uh, with Rubio's restaurants as well. So that's really where I landed was... And the restaurant industry is a start in HR, but truly it was just HR was in my blood since college. Yeah, that's great. Um, so what do you think are the biggest differences? This question's for you, Tracy. What do you think are the biggest differences between having an in-house HR team mm-hmm. and using a consulting firm like SDHR? What are some what are some of the differences? Well, and that's a good question because I've always been an internal HR person mm-hmm. for most of my career until Julie contacted me out <laughs> of the blue on, on LinkedIn. <laughs> mm-hmm. So LinkedIn, if you're not on it, it's a very valuable resource because Julie contacted me and said, I have an opening. So um, I think the difference in uh, using someone is you get a lot of expertise because in-house HR, we we work with companies that already have an in-house HR person. Mm-hmm. However, they don't have like the full service of all areas of HR that we can provide. So they may be really good at um, maybe the compliance stuff and that kind of thing. But they may not know as much about benefits, compensation. They may not know how to do a market survey on compensation to make sure they're um, paying fair to the market. Um, so that's where we can help them with more um, detailed and um, specific types of things like that instead of relying on your one internal HR person or maybe even two 
to know everything. There's so much to know. There's, There's no so way that one person could know everything. And like, we you have just can't. different um, uh, expertise on our team. We have certified compensation professionalists. We have, you know, training. People who have done training for years, like me, I'm one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can help provide, I, I guess, the gaps that maybe the internal HR person um isn't as familiar with and sometimes it just helps to have an outside perspective because they're you know you get kind of entrenched and right we can say oh have you ever looked at this mm-hmm. and they're like oh never thought of it before well <laughs> yes. i know i know at the chamber um you did a workshop last year um about changing hr laws and things like that and i, I listened to the presentation and i made a really long list of things <laughs> that we needed to do and one of them was to revisit our employee handbook. So I know we've yeah. engaged your team to help us with our employee handbook. We also used your team to help us recruit. Um, after I did two failed recruitments for a position that was really important here at our organization, and I said, obviously, I'm not doing this right, so I need help. <laughs> and then you, your team sent three fantastic superstar candidates. I could have hired any of them. Of course, you know, the person I hired is fantastic and has worked out wonderfully. So, you know, and we do have people in our organization that serve in that HR role, but you're right. They don't, they don't know every single thing. And sometimes it's helpful to just have that outside eyes saying, hey, these folks over here are doing this because you don't have time to look at what everybody right. else is doing. You're worried about your own business right. and your own self. So, Thank you for that. Um, so, Julie, so obviously, as you know, the CEO and founder of the organization, you're overseeing all the operations. You're see, overseeing all of the different functions of your company. So what do you think is the best part of the work that you do? What's your most favorite thing? That's a tough question because I love it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, you know, we have three values and that's it's it's clients, colleagues, community. And when I see the impact that I've had on our team um, and hiring, uh, I hire a, rem- a remote workforce, mm-hmm. right? And we provide such great support. Uh, not one of our employees ever feels like they're on an island. So it's, I, I see the love and, and uh, support that my team has and that they provide to the, the clients. And it truly is just like this trickle-down happiness effect. Mm-hmm. We take great care of our team. Um, we were uh, voted as one of the best places to work. 2000, it was 20, 2022. And 2018. Um, and truly, it's I'm honored that we are one of the best places to work. And so we take such great care of our team, our clients, and then our community. Uh, Tracy's very active in the community and volunteering her time. So it just, that makes me really, really happy when I know that we're taking good care of our clients, our colleagues, well, when and our you, community. When you work in human resources, again, back to just caring about people, yeah. right? So then that just translates to, to your team and your organization and every single person that I've met on your team, and I've had the opportunity to meet quite a few folks through recruitment, through the employee handbook piece. We also had some resume reviewers come and support us at one of our hiring events. Every single person, their passion and love for people really shines through. So kudos to you for Thank developing you. such a positive culture in your company. Um, and I did see that you were voted um, one of the best places to work in 2022. Uh, I think I posted on your LinkedIn. I said, I think we need to get a woot wootin for that. Right? Like, woot, woot, woot. Yeah. So that's, awesome. that's cute. Um, so, you know, I know it's not all sunshine, sunshine and roses, especially managing your own company. Right. Sure. So what is something that maybe is hard for you that maybe other business owners would res- would resonate with them? Sure. Um, you know, the things that are hard, um, we're able to tackle, right? Mm-hmm. Like SEO was one of those. 
Um, it's hard for me, but we have, you know, great employee on our team that does an amazing job and, and helps us with blogs. Um, we're constantly, Tracy's constantly writing blogs for the team and really, you know, getting getting the word out there about the new laws that are mm-hmm. happening in California and what employers need to be aware of. So the things that are difficult, I think I surround myself with really qualified people that, um, whether they're consultants, outside people that are experts that can help us, um, or we have a team that we develop and we're just blessed that, you know, we have such strong SEO and marketing yeah. presence. That's great. You know, I think that's a really wise thing for business leaders to realize is to have that self-awareness of where they have skills and where they need to bring in reinforcements, right? So, you know, if you know SEO, that's gobbledygook to me, I'm going to bring in somebody who knows what they're doing and can help support me in that way. And that's really wise of you to recognize that. And I think a lot of small business owners or, you know, business leaders can, that resonates with them because you really, when you run a company, when you're the CEO of a company, you know, I joke, people ask, what's your role at the chamber? I say, I'm the janitor because, yeah. you know, there are times where I'm cleaning up yeah. after an event, you know, I'm picking up trash after the Christmas parade. And so, um, you know, you have to do wear a lot of hats, but there, you, there just aren't enough hats to go around. So you have to bring people in. You have to yeah. round out your team. So I think that's great advice. Okay. So you mentioned laws, you mentioned Tracy's blogs, and we're going to jump into some of that because I really think, so I saw your, a uh, couple of articles over the last couple of months about new HR laws, new compliance laws coming out. And I said, I've got to have these ladies on the show (laughs) because so many businesses, like we've talked about, you have kind of blinders on, right? You're focused on making your widget or providing your service or whatever it is that you do. You don't have time to go online to see that the state California, state of California has passed over 300 bills as laws last year Mm -hmm. and which one of those apply to you. So we brought in Tracy, we brought in Julie. So so we're going to talk about some HR laws that are super important for for our business members to know about. So Tracy, what is one HR law that you think maybe isn't on people's radar and they really need to know about it? Well, and it is important to pay attention this year. I think last year, a year ago, it was relatively quiet in California. So this year may have caught a lot of people by surprise because like you said, a lot of them have come out this year. Um, one of them that I would really recommend people pay attention to is um, everybody's calling it the pay transparency law. Okay. And California is not new in this, surprisingly. There are a little, uh, about three or four other states also have it. Um, But there's several parts to it. But two of the ones that um, people might have missed are if you have 15 or more employees, you are required to list the pay scale for the job that you reasonably think you're going to pay when you hire somebody now so like on the job posting in the job okay. posting yes it can't be a qr code or a link or anything it actually has to physically you know be in the job posting um and the reason um and some people are asking us well what if um you know i'm posting a job nationwide and it could be filled in california or it could be filled anywhere if basically you have one employee in california and the job could potentially be filled in California, you at least need to post it for uh, the California applicants wow. in their job posting. So that's a common question that we've gotten. Um, and that, again, is if you have 15 or more employees nationwide. What if you don't have a salary range necessarily? <laughs> I mean, because that's yeah. possible, right? You're just uh-huh. hiring someone and you're a lot of businesses, like they're winging it, right? Like they, maybe they have a budget, maybe they have some flexibility, but they really don't have a range. They're just trying to find the right candidate. So what advice would you have for someone like that? Well, um, 
my advice would be to find somebody to help you. And like, like I mentioned before, we have um, certified compensation experts. Okay. And they can help you uh, research the market and the salary ranges and, you know, what makes sense. So you're not overpaying, you know, for somebody. But you definitely don't want to be that person who's paying the least in the market. So, mm-hmm. um, so come to a consulting firm like us and we can help you um, get that. Um, but one thing you should not do where some companies are being, I guess you could say, disingenuous. They're saying, oh, we're going to pay anywhere from $10,000 a year to $250,000 a year. And that's what they're listing on their job posting. That's so silly. It, yeah. It's really silly. It's not fair. Yeah. And it's not um, within the spirit of what the law is trying to say. Mm-hmm. So I think don't be that person that that comes back to haunt you in the future. Could you post something like salary to start at X mm-hmm. amount? Like just like the starting salary. A flat amount. Right. Like sure. this or more. Could that be the case? Or it needs to be. It, if you said you could. You could post just a flat amount, like the salary for this position is 50000 and that's what you're truly going to pay. But if there really is a range, you need to say the salary for this position is 50000 to 75000 Okay. For example, you know, you want to post a reasonable range that you think, and, and you can say based on experience and um, other qualifiers. Education, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And why do you think this law came to be? I mean, there's a reason, usually. I mean, people aren't making arbitrary laws. At least we hope not. So, (laughs) I mean, why do you think, what's the spirit of this? What what problem were they trying to solve? I think what they were trying to solve, and it it goes back to several years ago, they had passed a law where um, if a candidate asks you for, for the salary range, for the position, you are required to provide it. So a lot of people may have missed that. It was several years ago that law was passed. Mm. Um, So the new law obviously says it has to be right out there and posted. And um, I think this is a continuation of uh, that other part, which is to try to help um, marginalized communities, you know, protected classes, women, minorities, um, not get shortchanged in uh, their salary. Because if they were locked into a lower salary, and they just kept being locked into lower salaries in their new jobs, they never progress as much as some other people. So that's kind of the theory behind it is to give people um, more information and, again, make it transparent. Yeah, (laughs) and that's also the reason why you're not allowed to ask people for their salary history. Correct. Right, so so your past salary history doesn't pigeonhole you into only making a small amount more than that. Exactly. Right. Right. And you can ask somebody, um, what salary would you like to make? Mm -hmm. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But you can't ask, like you said, you know, what, what have you made in your past jobs? You can't ask that. Hi, it's Carrie from Solitube Home in Vista, California. If you're looking for ways to brighten and cool your home, we are your natural light and fresh air experts. We offer a selection of daylighting and ventilation products to help make your home beautiful and comfortable. And the best part of all is you won't be using any electricity to brighten up. We can bring beautiful, natural light into those dark spaces in your home, transforming them into beautifully lit spaces in less than two hours. No mess, no fuss, just amazing natural light to make your home look and feel great. If you're looking to cool off your home, we have a complete line of ventilation products to keep your home and garage cool. We want to make cooling and refreshing your home easier and more energy efficient than ever 
with our line of whole house fans, solar attic fans, and garage fans. Our certified installers carry the full line of SolarTube daylighting and ventilation products on their vans at all times. Installation can usually be done in about two hours. No messy drywall, paint repair, structural changes, or re-roofing needed. It's pretty much the easiest home improvement project you'll ever take on. At SolarTube Home, we offer no-obligation appointments throughout Southern California. Visit our website at solitubehome.com or stop by our showroom conveniently located in Vista at 2210 Oak Ridge Drive or give us a call 619-375-1629. We look forward to brightening your day. For more than 60 years, Tri-City Medical Center has been committed to advancing the health and wellness of the community we serve. With leading-edge emergency care, including top-rated heart and stroke programs, advanced orthopedics, primary care, obstetrics, and neonatal care, Tri-City stands at the ready when you need us most. Learn more at tricitymed.org. At JNR Auto Body and Paint, you don't have to worry about a thing. From minor dents and dings to major collision repair, we offer a worry, hassle-free experience with superior customer service. Our auto claim advisors work directly with your insurance company, so you don't have to deal with the headaches. Our certified technicians work on all makes and models to get your repair done right the first time. We stand behind our work with a lifetime warranty. Locally and family owned, JNR Auto Body is here to serve the community. Call us today at 760-724-4923. Interesting. Okay. There is a second part to the pay transparency that some people may have totally missed. And um, it applies to all employers, not just the 15 and above. If you have one employee in California, this applies to you. And that's if, if... um, a current employee asks you for the salary range for their current position, you have to provide it to them. Wow. So, okay. Um, and uh, you don't, if they say, oh, I want to find out what the lead HR consultant salary range is, or I want to find out what the CEO salary range is, you don't have to provide that. But you do have to provide um, the salary range for the current position that they're in. Okay. And that applies to everyone. All employers. And that's just so people have an idea of what's my capacity here? What what is my potential here? Right. Right. In this in this exact title, in this exact position. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay, cool. Anything else on your radar that you think is important for businesses to know? Um, There were several. We did a lot of work at the end of last year um, updating our handbook template to make sure we had all the um, new things in it. So if you have not had a handbook done in a year, uh, you definitely need an update. And some of the things that need to go in there, for example, is uh, bereavement leave now Mm. is required. If you have five or more employees, you're required to um, offer a minimum of five days bereavement leave. It can be unpaid, doesn't have to be paid. A lot of companies do pay at least part of that. So you're welcome to do that as well. Um, So that was one of them. The other one that is sort of interesting and we'll have to see how this plays out is called um taking leave for a designated person okay interesting yeah tell me more (laughs) yeah so under california family rights act you know you can take a leave up to 12 weeks for family members and parent-in-law and you know a few things this adds or a designated person So it could be anyone who has either a blood or family type relationship with the employee. And 
you asked earlier about kind of the thought process behind it. And on this one, it's because they recognize that people live in non-traditional families sometimes. Right. So they may have um, somebody living in their house um, who is not a direct family member as defined by the old California Family Rights Act that they need to take care of. Like their aunt. Maybe they live with their aunt. They live with their aunt. Yes. Or a a cousin or somebody who's not covered. So uh, an employee now can request um, uh, California Family Rights Act leave for that person. So they can only request it one time in a year. So they can't have five ants that they need to take care of in right. a year. Okay. But um, they can request it one time and they don't even have to designate in advance. They just have to tell you who that person is at the time. Okay. That they request so leave. it could be a former step parent that mm-hmm. helped raise you and now you need to help care for them in their old age or yes. it could be, you know, any that's, kind of thing like that's that. That's an excellent yeah. Yeah, example. Interesting. Wow. The second thing on the designated person, it all actually added it to the California um, sick leave requirement. So an employee can take sick leave um, to care for a designated person. The interesting thing about that one is the definition is a lot more vague. It can basically be anybody. (laughs) It doesn't have to be a family or blood relation. It could be a boyfriend, girlfriend, roommate, where there's no relationship, um, you know, cousin who lives in Arizona, I need to take, you know, three days of sick leave to go take care of them. Um, So that one uh, is a little more nebulous at this point. But um, again, they can only take sick leave once in 12 months to care for that designated person. And that's for anybody if you have one employee or more? Um, Yes. Okay. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Because sick leave applies to everyone. Yeah. And then, you know, as an employer, you kind of think, oh, gosh, what happens if everybody's taking care of somebody who's sick and how does this impact my operations? But then Mm -hmm. also just, you know, I know I'm a transplant. I moved here from Texas. When I first moved here, I had no family. My friends were my family. And if my roommate got really super sick, you know, they didn't have family. So we're taking care of each other. Right. So I can totally see how um, where the idea and the origin for that came from. So interesting. So that's something definitely business owners and Right. And managers will need to navigate in the coming year. Yes. Wow. Uh, okay. Anything else? Any Anything else um, that you think is a good one? The only other one that may not be on people's radar is um, uh, no retaliation for what they call emergency conditions. So basically, if the employee feels like if there's a natural disaster at the workplace and the employee doesn't feel safe and they call in and say, I'm not coming to work, um, you can't retaliate against that person. If, if it was, uh, um, they felt as if there was an imminent danger of serious injury or death. Okay. So, you know, it, it, it's sort of gray area. We'll have to see how that plays out. Right. Um, one interesting thing about the law um, is it says health pandemics do not count. I was just going to ask <laughs> I you. COVID, yeah. I was just going to ask yeah. you if someone is, you know, very concerned about COVID impacts and they say, I'm afraid to come to work. Is that? So it sounds like that's excluded. That's excluded from this emergency condition. What about so. emergency service workers? So a number of folks are like, I was a former city employee. As a city employee, I was a designated emergency service worker. So if there was an emergency, I needed to report to the emergency operations center. And I had a role that I had to play. And my role was very administrative. It wasn't, I wasn't 
out in the street doing anything, but, you know, I needed to report. So for folks like that, I wonder if they're exempt. Yeah, in most cases, if it has to do with emergency situations and first responders and things like that, they they would be exempt from Mm -hmm. from that. Yeah. Because that's um, their job right? to yeah. show up as us. Like, hopefully, hopefully the firefighters aren't saying, well, I don't, it's unsafe for me it, to run into that burning it's building. It's a burning house. I'm yeah. not going to run in that's there. That's kind of your job. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would still caution. And this is what we always preach to um, our clients is um, what would a good boss do? You know, yeah. if, if you have an employee who's just really scared to go into work for whatever reason, um, obviously, you know, but, firefighter running into the burning building, then, yeah. you know, they're in the wrong job. But right. um, but if they are, you know, talk to them, kind of try to figure out what's going on, see how you can help them, you know, yeah. would be, we always try to work with our clients to um, say, uh, put your good boss hat on and what would you do? Or even just get human. Like, yeah. Just be, to care yeah. about other people and think about it from their perspective. Yeah. yeah we we that's good advice. That. We think it's important. Yeah. That's so. really good advice. Um, well, so I know that you write a number of blogs and articles mm-hmm. around laws and important things happening in HR compliance. And uh, so I will link to the show notes several of those really um, helpful and informative articles that you've provided on the SDHR's website. Um, so that's great. Um, and I do want to just mention, I know you and I were talking in the hall out before we started talking about minimum wage and exempt employees. So yes. really quickly, will you just clarify for folks? Because I know different sized employees you don't have to give the numbers but just <laughs> just the kind of the context of down there. basically if <laughs> there's minimum wage goes up that impacts right exempt employees and so and there was a difference this year for smaller companies could you elaborate on that sure uh so minimum wage in all of california uh was supposed to go up to 15 dollars um an hour here However, uh, late last year, the governor uh, signed an executive order, I guess, that actually moved it to $15.50. So some people may have missed that that change because it was sort of late last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for hourly employees. And uh, the difference between a small employer, which is um, 26, 25 or less employees, and 26 or more, there used to be different minimum wages. Uh, Starting this year, that has gone away too. So everybody's the same. Um, And what you mentioned for exempt, or these are, uh, some people call them salaried employees, um, but uh, exempt employees, it's based on um, the increase in minimum wage. So the minimum that a exempt employee needs to make is higher now too. For a small employer, say they had 20 employees, they, um, it was a fairly big jump for them mm-hmm. because now they're not getting the benefit of being a smaller employer. Everything's the same. Right. And so, and if anyone has questions, you know, people might be asking, oh gosh, I have exempt employees. This is a big jump. Maybe they're looking at, should they be more hourly? Should I keep them at mm-hmm. the exempt rate? Um, that's a good question for somebody like SDHR to help kind yes. of deal with classifications because there's also very very strict rules around who actually can be an exempt employee. You have to have their certain criteria. It's not just how much money right. you make. And there's other things about supervision or like other, you know, different types of authority and autonomy and things like that. So Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so that's a good that's a that's a time where it's like people Tracy, <laughs> Julie, what's going on? Exactly. So, okay, yeah. well great. Oh man, so much to digest. I feel like we could have multiple episodes just talking about HR laws and the ways that businesses can comply. And I will say 
I think 99.9% of all businesses just want to do the right thing. They want to know what what's required. They want to provide good pay for their employees as much as they as much as they can afford. They want to get put back to their employees' pockets. They want to provide safe working conditions. They want to be good employers, but they need to know what's required. Because mm-hmm. again, if you're focused on making your widget, you have no idea mm-hmm. what's happening in Sacramento. So that's one of the reasons why the chamber, we try to get information out. We partner with folks like you to help, um, you know, you're getting the word out too. And together with our collective voices, maybe we can amplify that even further. So mm-hmm. thank you both for being here today. So, all right. So at the end of every episode, I ask my guests a couple of quick fire questions. So I'm going to hit you up with my questions okay okay so first things first julie tell me a book you think everyone should read or one that you've just really enjoyed i am reading getting naked okay this is the second time i've read it by patrick lencioni okay and it's a it's a management fable very short book he's written a, a number of books and it's a it's a it's about a consulting firm that um is vulnerable and um they really create uh, deep relationships with their their, their customers um, by being vulnerable and being real and um, and really being able to sustain the business competitive advantage. Okay, um, even in tough markets. So I really love getting naked, and I fell asleep to it the other night uh, <laughs> listening to it. Uh, but fantastic book. Great. Okay. Good. Okay. What about you, Tracy? Do you have a book that you recommend? Yeah, I had one that um, I read recently, and I am certified in teaching di- what's called DISC Bird. Okay. And if DISC, D-I-S-C, some people may be familiar with, but um, the book that I have recently read, it's called Taking Flight, and it's how to use your DISC style to um, transform your career, your relationships, and your life. Wow. So we actually... Um, teach this uh, workshop for our uh, clients. It's really fun. Yes. Employees have a blast. And the nice thing about DISBIRD is people never, if I ask, okay, what letter were you under DIS? They're like, I don't remember. But if you ask them what bird they were, they know. <laughs> they know exactly. Oh. Um, this is the participant guide. Okay. You see the different I was birds. the eagle. Oh, Julie is the eagle, which is great for our fearless leader. Yeah. I am the parrot. Okay. <laughs> and we speak each other's so. languages. We know what birds are in, in our organization. Wow. So if I know somebody doesn't want small talk, I just go directly to the conversation. Get to the piece. point. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, I know there's a number of methodologies around um, management and personality styles and working with people with different needs and you know, how they communicate and all of that. So I haven't heard, I've heard of DISC. I've never personally done the assessment. So maybe I need to check it out. So, yeah. And part of it as in the training, which is great, it helps employees. It's a team building. It helps Mm -hmm. employees communicate more. And we talk about, you know, the golden rule where um, treat other people how you would like to be treated. No, it's wrong. I know (laughs) that what we teach in here, they call it the home rule. Mm. Teach, uh, treat other people how they They would like to be. Yes, 100%. So, and learning their style is so important. So, you know. How they want to be treated. How they want to be treated. Yeah, that's great. It's it's super fun. We, We like, it's Four hours, and we laugh for, like, almost a whole four hours. That's great. Okay, that's a good one. Good recommendation. Okay. All right. All right, Tracy, back to you again. This one, I need to know a song. What's your jam? You got to turn it up. Yeah. Got to tap your toe. 
I there's I have a lot. Sing but, along. Um, the first one that popped in my brain is um, "Beautiful Day" by U two. Oh, that's a great uh, one. And one. the reason I when I first heard it, I didn't really know the story behind it, but I kind of read a little bit more. So basically, it's about someone who sees all the bad things happening in the world, but they still find a way to be happy and um, uh, live a good life. Yeah. Even though, you know, the the news in the world can be kind of depressing sometimes. Wow. So that's... that's I love that song. And yeah. it's it's finding that happy ending. Just yes. like you yeah. I like the happy right? ending. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and finding kind of that glimmer of hope and when everything is really, really hard. Yeah. 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 So good. I love that. Okay, Julie. Okay. So what are you rocking I, out to? I actually just looked at Spotify. Okay. 2022 number one song. Oh, Florida, Florida Georgia Line, Meant to Be. Oh, that's a fun one. That's yeah. a great song. And yeah, Spotify, they do the year-end wrap-up. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's interesting that you get to know what was the song you listened to the most. That was it? Yeah. Yeah. Good oh. one. BB Rexy. I okay. Yeah. I love it. That's a good one. Okay. All right. Julie, tell me something that inspires you. Oh. You know, community. I'm going to go back to the community. Mm-hmm. We just recently did an event with one of our clients, uh, Brother mm-hmm. Benos. Oh, great organization! I know they are a great organization, and um, really, that was ins- that that was so inspiring to be a part of just giving your time back and and helping um, children and and folks that are in need and. Really, that to me was so inspiring. And then we went out to lunch afterwards and bonded with the team. And that's how we celebrated our holiday party. That's so good. I love that. It was just, I had a just a little skip in my step afterwards. Yeah. It was just beautiful. That is inspiring. What about you, Tracy? What's something that inspires you? Um, You know, I guess I'd go back to community, too. And I volunteer for an organization called the Animal Pad. Okay. And they recently, it was all over the news, they recently rescued over 100 um, doodles from a breeder in Mexico in just horrible conditions. So I saw, I I did not go down there. I had a friend who went down there, and he brought back the pictures and videos. And Mm. oh, it's just, it's a happy ending. I want to do that. They're all here. And I, um, the cool thing is, and thanks to SDHR and their volunteer uh, program, we we can um, uh, get paid for doing some volunteer work. I'm actually going on what they call a mutt fari. Um, that sounds fun. Yeah, at the end of this month, I'm going down with the animal pad and the executive director in their van, and we're gonna um, go down to Mexico rescue and, some doodles and what. I don't know if there'll be doodles okay, okay. that live on the street, but there'll <laughs> be all kinds. Dogs. There'll be all kinds. Puppies. Aww, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's so. great. So how many dogs do you have at home? Oh, no, I just have one and she's a foster okay. through the animal pad. So okay. um if anybody is looking to adopt a dog, they have some animal great pad. ones. Okay. Including, Good to know. Including Florence, who is my foster. Ah, <laughs> Florence. What a cute name. Yeah. That's cute. That's cute. Okay. All right, Tracy, tell me a Vista business that you think deserves a shout out. Um, okay, so I have to say this one because I love one of my um weaknesses is ice cream. Oh, <laughs> me too. Well, you're in the right spot for that. Yeah, so I love the handles. Oh, they're so cream. great. Yeah. yeah, and they have I love green tea, so they have the matcha green tea ice cream, which is yum, amazing. Yeah, yeah. and they're a great company too. They give back to the community a lot, they support. Youth in the community. That's a good. That's a good one. That's yeah. awesome. Good choice. I like it. Yeah. Thumbs up. Okay. All right, Julie. So I love dogs. I have three dogs. Oh, what are, okay. What are your dogs' names? 
There's oh. um, there's Duke, Oliver, and Rocky. Oh, cute! Yeah, they're all my rescues. They they rescued me. Yeah. And, um, so, Dog Leg Brewery. I have uh, to give a shout out to the dog. There's leg. some really cute and fun dogs that hang out at that brewery. So, I if you go there, dog yoga, so yeah, it's a fun stuff. Oh, and Dog Leg Brewery. Um, they have they're um. They have a unique niche in the community with their beer because uh, they're connected with golf. And so it kind of came from like, go to the golf course and then have a beer or you're drinking beer while you're golfing. And so you don't need beer with super high, like eight, nine percent ABV. And so they have like a nice lighter beers, Mm -hmm. not all of them, but a lot of them are nice and light. And so you could, you know, enjoy them all day and not. It's called a gardening nap. beer. Oh, gardening <laughs> beer. Okay. Yeah, so that so I love Dog Leg Brewery. And if you love dogs and you go there, there's some really good ones. I'm sure, I can't remember the dog's name that's there all the time, but a big one. Uh-huh. Very sweet. So, yeah, cool. good choice. I like that choice. Awesome. Well, ladies, it was so great to have you here today. I really appreciate your time and all of your expertise and sharing your passion for HR with me. Um, and so I want to just thank today's guests, Julie and Tracy. And thank you for listening to Velocity. If you like what you heard, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend. Help us move Vista forward with Velocity. The Vista Chamber of Commerce is a nonprofit organization that serves as a catalyst for business growth. And we're celebrating our 100th birthday this year. Visit us online at vistachamber.org.